yo guys, we can sit around and wait for things to happen or we can make them happen, all right? For an artist in today's industry, you've gotta be an innovator. You gotta move, you gotta shake, you gotta do something different. Today's guest is one hell of an innovator and I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say. Here we go. Yo guys, welcome back. It's the Music Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schwartz. Got a great show on deck here today. We got Transit 22, Calgary, Alberta's hip hop mogul. This was one of the most organic conversations I think I've ever had on the show here. We just got right into it. Uh, there was no real precursor. We just started chatting like gold pals. So, uh, Transit's been around the scene here, and what I really, really wanted to uh, to stress was the fact that as an artist, he is an innovator, and he's found different ways to uh, to get around the whole not performing thing that we've been uh, subject to in lockdown. So, you guys are really going to dig it. We get right into it. So, without further ado, Transit 22. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, H to the O, V. I love that. Where did you get that idea? Well, I mean, I think with, uh, like, at the beginning, um, when everything got shut down, it was kind of this weird limbo state where it's like, well, well, we still don't know how long it's going to be shut down, but it was this kind of thing where it's like, uh, do we postpone events? Are we moving events? And are we canceling events? Whatever. And we had so much lined up that it was lining up to be like a really successful year financially. We had every weekend booked as wedding DJs. We, wow. we just partnered with the Calgary wedding DJ company. So yep. uh, shout out Pez productions, but we would do every weekend with them. So it was looking to be like a really beneficial like time. And then when that all got canceled, it's kind of like, okay, maybe I can, kind of make some of this up by doing merch and then it's kind of oh so i started setting up this merch station at my house getting everything as cheap as i could for shipping to try and compete with you know these big sites that have crazy low shipping costs you know um so then i kind of felt like awkward about asking people because when you just lose your job, you're not wanting to spend 60 bucks on a hoodie. You know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of have to tread with this extra care. And that's part of the reason why I made my discography free. So I have like, I think around 10 albums and I just put it out like, look, I want the music to be free because um, for someone like you or I, like we use music through tough times. So let's make the music free. And if you want a sweatshirt, could you consider getting it off of me rather than H and M or whatever? And I think that a lot of people have really um, like took in the call and really stepped up more than you ever um, in the sense of being like, I want to support local restaurants. I want to support local music. Um, people who've never ordered from me or anything like that um, are making. So I think that's really special. I think that that just, but in the same respect, you have to be cautious because not everyone. So I don't want to just be like hitting people over the head. I want to have a little bit of humility in it, put mm-hmm. some disclaimers in the comments and stuff like that, just cause you know, it's awkward kind of. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. And, uh, 
if uh, if I can, we're we're sitting down now here with uh, with Transit Twenty Two, Mr. Dan Bennett here. Um, just just talking like so much about it is is innovation too, right? Like so much of your style, from stage to merch to to everything, is just you're an innovative artist. You always have been. So what's always caught me about you? I think we first went, like way back in the day. It was like a reggae fest or something like that. I first contacted you, and um, it was just like your 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 stage performance just lines up with everything is you as a human. So like how do you how do you stay true to that? Like when you see so much so much of the industry is like this this wall. Like you've got and now what we're seeing with this whole pandemic is that everybody really opens up. Now, it doesn't matter who you are. I can have a conversation with you on Instagram because you have to open up. There's no shows. You can't be this you know, regal celebrity status with a team in front of you and like gatekeepers. You've always been that way anyways. Is this playing your favor? Yeah, I think, and I think that just recently uh, with, um, like I've had to have some real self-reflection and I think that a lot of hip hop and a lot of music in general is fueled by ego and, and the desire to like act bigger than we are. And so much of it is like creating our bio and posting these things that we know will make us look big. And that's a huge part of marketing because it makes fans believe in you and it makes them feel like the product is worth them investing in. But it's a dangerous trap for you because you start getting into these smoke and mirrors and things and you start, you know, living this above this thing. Like it's crazy to be famous and broke at the same time. And I've <laughs> and I've lived like that for a few years and not to say that I'm like I'm locally famous. You know what I mean? So like someone will yell something at me from a passing car and it might be negative, but then I'm still like struggling. So it's not like when Justin Bieber gets criticism and you're like, Oh, well, he'll just cry with his millions. But yeah. anyways, for me, once I got rid of that ego and, you know, I just got to the point where I'm like, I would rather communicate directly with my supporters as humans, no like facade. So when it came time to post the Spotify wrap up numbers this year, I didn't do it. And it's because yeah. I didn't want to feed into that. I didn't want to get wrapped up in the numbers. I didn't want to think about it. And I didn't want that to be a post for my, like, it just, it just is super capitalist. It's super corporate. And that's the game of marketing and stuff. And I really participated in it for a number of years, but now my energy is just like, I just want to be a normal person that, you know, I can communicate about being a dad during the pandemic or, you know, like stuff like that, rather than look at me. Um, I just did a sold out show in New York and that's true. I did a lot of that, but I was the opening act. You know what I mean? So you're the opening act. Five people know who you are, but you still posted on Facebook. Like, look at me. I just did a sold out show. I'm the best. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and you start believing it yourself because it's like, it's smoke and mirrors. So I think I just had to get real with myself and be like, yeah, okay. You've accomplished a lot. Music has blessed you and you've been able to do some really cool things and that's awesome. But like, let's just look at, this for what it is it's just music that helps people get through the day and that's just where the main focus needs to be shit man i love that no you, you speak right from the heart um what originally got you into the rap game i'm from a really musical family um and 
so I was like put into like violin and all that stuff when I was like very young, three years old, I was in like Suzuki violin and (laughs) and guitar and saxophone. And I hated all of it. Like (laughs) that, right? My sisters are like very talented and like they were musical prodigies and, and I just hated it. I just wanted to play sports. And so for me, it was like, I hated music, but it taught me rhythm. It taught me, you know, counting beats and things like that. And then when I found hip hop, um, it was like secret because I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid. So there, I wasn't allowed to listen to these songs. The first time I ever heard like, or read a song was Tupac changes. And I printed off the lyrics from Google and memorize and and would read them before ever hearing it before ever hearing his delivery and i'd imagine like how it would maybe sound and then when i heard the first song when i heard it for the first time it was crazy and i remember once this is a funny story it sounds like just a classic how i got into hip-hop story but because i wasn't allowed the music one time i had this bomb lunch with like a pudding and gushers or something and i traded it to this kid for a maestro fresh west tape and a wu-tang cassette tape and then i like just went the day without lunch and then i came home secretly and like plugged the headphones into the boom box and listened to it and it was mind-blowing and then it's cool because like uh maestro was one of the first artists that i opened for in calgary i told him that story and he thought that was he thought that was funny but yeah that's kind of the genesis of it was i was put into music but i never felt personally connected to it until i heard rap and heard hip-hop and then i was like okay this is different this is something i could see myself doing yeah, dude, that's that's wicked. How great is that? Opening it up for uh, for a legend like the Fresh West, eh? Holy, cool. What else? Are you uh, what are you listening to these days? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't listen to enough music, um, and maybe that's kind of cool because I feel like with this new project that I'm writing, it's like not influenced by by any current stuff, but. Um, I mostly listen to podcasts like I, I don't and and it's weird because the when I would listen to music it would affect and it would help in certain ways I'd notice certain trends and certain flows but with that listening to podcasts I'm listening to so much talking that I'm using different words and different diction that I necessarily like I wouldn't have maybe used before so it's given me an advantage from that and it's given me a different perspective because if I'm listening to like, you know, deep stuff for three hours, maybe I can get a line out of that, that, you know, so um, music wise, ah, man, what am I even listening to? Well, even podcast, dude, what, what's, uh, what are some of the, like, man, everything you just said, that's crazy. Cool. I never thought of it that way, but I I guess I I do the same thing. You, You hear different cadences in the way people speak too. Right. And, yeah and just I, the words that's crazy I, I like joe rogan like i mean and i don't necessarily agree with everything that's on there but i think that that's what's cool about it is that you can listen to so many different perspectives and and people that you know you you would maybe not ever get a chance to have a conversation with so i really like that i uh i have a part-time job where i deliver water bottles like the big 40 pound water bottles oh yeah yeah one of the reasons I do it is because it keeps me in shape because I'm like walking up the stairs with these bottles and, you know, like it's like a eight hour workout every time I do it, but I listen to a podcast while I'm doing it. And uh, so 
that's pretty much like the whole time I'm just thinking. And then sometimes I'll hear something and I'll be like, huh, I like the way that that guy said that maybe that could be changed into a lyric or something like that. So that's cool, it's man. cool to be on a podcast. Now because <laughs> I'm just listening to them. There you go. We'll have to, we'll share this one out. That's hilarious, man. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea too, I, I'm glad you touched on earlier. You said something about sports too. I want to dig into that, but you mentioned uh, the exercising thing. And it's like, especially nowadays, that's, uh, you know, that's my, that's my field. I, I work with musicians. I work with artists to get them healthier. And it's not about like, we get this thing. Like people are like, Oh, I don't do the gym. I'm like, that's not what I'm saying, man. Like what you just said is exactly, it's just a healthier lifestyle that type of thing instead of just driving around because you get a haul 40 pounds what have you noticed um since you picked that uh that gig up uh i've noticed like and and i also really like was looking for being uh completely exhausted at the end of the day so that there's no room for anxiety you know what mm. i mean and it, it definitely gives me that feel where i get home at the end of the day and my legs don't shake after you know because i'm just spent and it feels good, I think, to push yourself to that limit, but I'm not necessarily the most like gym motivated person. So like I could go exercise for an hour maybe, but I'm not going to exert myself the same way as if I have a job to do. Like I'm on the clock, I'm getting paid. Like I can't just be like, sorry, I can't bring your bottles up to this skyscraper. I have to do it. So I, that's what I like about it is it kind of pushes me into that but now if I ever stop working this job I think that it's such a valuable lesson where I know how much better I feel now when I do exercise like that that maybe I do have to find another way to exert myself at that level because yeah. um like just exercising a little bit and like going on the treadmill and stuff is one thing but like that's why I like sports because you can get lost in the competition and you can just you know, over, over push yourself in the way that you might not just normally. Yeah. But. Yeah. Now, did you grow up here in town? I grew up in Victoria. In Victoria. Okay. That's making so much more sense because I know that when we were, uh, when we were first chatting, it was all about the Grizzlies, right? All about yeah. the Grizz. Yeah. The Grizz. And then your Flames fan as well. Yeah. I mean, so here's the deal. So okay, okay I, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I, <laughs> I actually don't even really like hockey at all. I'm a huge basketball fan and I, I love hockey for what it represents in Canadian culture. And I love when the flames are winning and the city just gets transformed and like, I'll watch their playoff games and throw a Jersey on. I have a Bennett Jersey cause we share the same last name, you know? So <laughs> I, I, in that respect, I like it, but I'm usually just watching the game and I'm tuning out because the, it, for some reason, maybe it's cause I never played it, but for some reason, anytime I'm watching hockey, I just like can't get into it. But um, I used to always tell my friends in Victoria when I moved here, I would never cheer for the flames and I'm a Canucks fan. And, you know, I had more of a, a facade with it. And when I moved here a couple of years later, um, I did a bet with my fans that if the Canucks lost that I would go on 17th Ave wearing a flames Jersey and like hold up a sign and, and uh, I had people like throwing uh, chocolate milk at me and stuff. Like I gave it to them to make the video better. But um, I more just view, view it as like, I'm stoked on it being back. I'm stoked on it just being a thing. I love that it exists. And, you know, but for me, it just like, for some reason, my brain just doesn't click with it. Like it just doesn't really enjoy it. Like no. I don't get it. 
I get it. I get it. No, I, I have all that. things that I love, like cheering with friends, community, sports, like all the things that I normally love are there, but just the game itself. But I did play basketball from like eight years old till like I was really competitive in high school. And I, you know, I would practice, you know, we'd play seven days a week. So that's kind of, I understand the ins and outs of the game and little things like you do with hockey from playing hockey. So it just enriches it. But yeah, I get it, man. I'm glad it's Oh man. Well, and that's the thing is that like, fan or not of the actual sport you can you can appreciate the fact that sport for whatever reason much like music just brings people together right and now more than ever right now this this year has been it's really shown how much we value that community and again coming back to your music and what you've set up with couch money family um let's dive a little bit into that you know how how do you take all of the cool innovative shit that you're doing you know you've got great videos you and johnny are just dynamite right on stage and you bring that back to the videos so it's like getting a fan experience right there and now what you from what i understand anyways the the couch money family email is basically if i if i were to look at it this way as a fan perspective i get to wait you know a a month and i get to see what's happening in transit's life what's happening in the behind the scenes can you dive in a little bit of what first inspired that and what you're what you're looking for to to provide for for the family yeah like it's basically like almost it's almost like a free patreon it's almost like uh this is you're going to be a part of things like i in, in this video series like i, I I had to disconnect from social media and get off of some of it. And I like, I kind of question myself a lot more than I used to just because I'm not leading with as much ego. And I'll be like, does the world really need this? Does my feed really need this? But with the couch money family, I can just like, okay, these people care enough that they signed up for the list. They like my music enough that they might find all of these things super interesting. And and it'll kind of be a special thing for us. And in the same respect, it also won't like make me feel as scared about like broadcasting everything out. I still do like post clips from it on social media, but when I get really vulnerable, like I did a a video for my two year uh, sober anniversary, when I get really vulnerable and I like cry to the camera, I'm not the kind of person to cry on an Instagram video, but I want to bring that level of vulnerability and closeness with my supporters. So it gives me that way of doing it for the people who, who want it. And it's going to be really cool to look back on the creation of this album and have all these videos. Like today I'm going to the studio in a couple hours to record what I think is going to be the next song that I release. And I'm just going to set up my camera and record it and then hopefully what i like to do is like if i'm struggling with a line and i'm like i don't know if this line is right i like to then pose the question to the camera and show both versions and then i get like a bunch of different perspectives like i had uh, my latest single that came out open blinds i had some lyrics in there 
And I was like, you know what, maybe they could be stronger. And in the original lyrics, there was like three swear words and I replaced them with three alternate words. So not only would it be more like friendly for social media and things like that, but maybe it was more artistic. So I posed it to the listeners and most people liked the new version. Some people liked the old swear word version, but most people liked the, the new version. And it gave me that confidence to to be like, okay, I had 50 people all from different walks of life uh, and they like the song this way. So it's almost like a group way of, and then it makes it special when, okay, now we're filming the music video for this, come along for the music video ride. And then you get to see the video being shot. And then when it all comes out, you see it publicly and everyone else sees it publicly, but you know, oh, I was there for the whole making of this. Oh, and then man. when it's time to, when it's time to buy the album, when it's time to, you know, like I don't have a huge, I don't have a huge fan base, but the fan base that I do have, I really appreciate. And I want to, I think that like as an artist, a lot of the time you're spending time trying to get new fans and new exposure and get your name out there. But you got to take care of the people who already take care of you. And you got to, you know, be like, these are one by one humans. So when I did, I did a hat draw a couple of weeks ago on the email list and I was just going to copy and paste it. But instead I was like, you know what, I'm going to write out each hand by hand. I'm going to Sharpie out each name cut them out so that it's like a mental exercise of like, you know, these people are taking the time for me. I'm going to take the time for them. And I think, yeah, it's just been a, it's been a cool experience. I can't get to it every week because sometimes I'm just like, oh, I, I can't do this right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm not a vlogger. I can't just walk into a room filming or like if I'm doing something in public, I, I get insecure about filming in public and stuff so yeah. which i never did i used to be able to just be like i'm transit i'm the best i rap on steven nav like you know i know i know now it's, it's interesting hey as, as you grow up dude it, it's it's all about that ego thing it's so funny you're talking to me about this this is literally what i deal with 90 percent of my job this whole year has been like therapy it's not exercise i mean we move sure get don't get me wrong but especially the artists i'm working with i'm sitting there and they're like, man, I'm getting older and I'm just, I don't want to do the, I don't want to do the TikTok. I don't want to do the Instagram. They're, they're coming back with all these things that you're just, you're spitting out. And I'm sitting there going like, dude, this is a, this is a real thing. How do we use these avenues? Cause they can be helpful to, to build up the, the culture, but knowing your limits. And we were talking offline uh, back and forth a little bit on this, on the ability to shut down and turn off. Do you want to speak to how important that has been to your role, especially in this past year, like pandemic wise? How important is it for you to be able to be like, time the fuck out. I'm out, man. I just got to take some time for myself. I got to go take these 40 pound water bottles up the escalator. I got to get my job on. I got to take care of me. Talk yeah. to me about that for you, man. I mean, I think that I just went so hard from like 16 until 30. You know what I mean? And I just went so hard and I was always constantly thinking about going viral. I was responding to texts in my sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> and in my head, it was like, this is how it needs to be. And and to some degree, it, that's true to, to get to a certain thing. Like you kind of have to, but once you realize that maybe that isn't the life that you want and that maybe your relationship with music can be this other thing where 
maybe you still can um, support yourself off of it, but maybe it's more of a, it's maybe you get a, a side job as well. That's also helps you with your exercise and, and, and benefits and things like that. Maybe it's not this huge thing, but maybe you're happier. And, and I think that, have you seen the movie soul? It's like a new Disney movie about. No, uh, no, I haven't. Teacher. It's like a, I won't ruin it for anyone who's listening. Cause it's a really good uh, new Disney Pixar movie, but it's about a music teacher and the whole premise is just about like finding your purpose in like everyday life, the way you walk down the street or the way you communicate with people instead of being like, I'm only going to be happy once I get to this level. And I, I used to always have like little things like I had this this fancy bottle of champagne I was going to open when I got signed and I was going to do this when I did this and I was going to do this when I got just to realize that like, you're already living this, this is life. Every day is, every day is a blessing. Every day is, is a beautiful thing. So you don't have to be constantly living now for later and being like, I'm only going to be happy when I get to this point. And I think that to some extent, it's like the pain, the hangover of like doing big things and doing, being around your idols and, and getting that respect and getting those cool things under your belt and then being like why do i still feel that way oh it's because i need to ground myself in art i need to ground myself in family i need to ground myself in love and not ground myself in these stages those stages are awesome and yeah okay if that helps you support that family but i think that um just like i shut off at like eight now like i'm like eight o'clock like i'm not answering anymore I might keep writing, you know, mm -hmm. for me, writing doesn't count. Like writing right. is, is self-care to yeah. me, yeah. I think. Um, and I don't get to do it enough because you're doing everything else. Like, you know, like oh, yeah. Yeah. Playing, playing music is the fun part, but we have to do so much in order to get to the point of, of playing it. So mm -hmm. um, I think that the industry for a long time had this no days off, uh, always connected attitude and then the pandemic hit and it was something where people were like i kind of liked putting my phone on airplane mode and and you know like finding peace meditating or you know going for a walk that's the main thing i've been doing is leaving my phone at home and like going to walk in fish creek park and just oh, like yeah just breathing you know like Dude. i'm breathing in through my nose like this is, you know, I'm not looking down at my phone. How much of my day is just spent looking at this much? You know what I, I mean? Like, I know. Yeah. Do you ever look at your, uh, your diagnostics on the, I gotta assume you're on an iPhone, right? You're an artist, right? You ever look at that screen? Holy balls. Sometimes I'm just, screen? Oh, the, well, not, not even the health screen, just oh, the screen the time, the usage. Oh, yeah. Christ. I mean, a large part of it again, but I think that we, we make this excuse. Oh, it's for work. I don't know, man. Like if you want to be really successful, I heard this really, really great quote. I'll, I'll paraphrase it um, from Jim Rohn. And it's, you know, if you want to be, um, if you want to be real successful, yeah. Okay, cool. You can, you can earn a living by making yourself really productive at work. Right. Just paraphrased. And then if you want to make a fortune, take care of yourself, you know? And it's like, at, at first glance, you're like, oh, okay, cool. But when we actually dive in and really um, do the self-care thing, the things that you're already mentioning, you know, just the simple act of breathing, getting outside. 
I can't tell you how, like, if I, if I'm feeling that anxiety coming on myself, cause we all get it. I, I'm sure we all get it. You know, you're, you're not human if you're not feeling all of the highs and lows. So when you get that, I, I just, I'm like you, man, I leave the phone. I didn't used to, I'd used to, like, I'd be paranoid if my phone wasn't on. Right. But now I just walk, I'll go, I'll go out for, for an hour walk with, uh, with my dog. And that's, again, one of the reasons why it's so cool to be in this little sanctuary of high river is because you're not attached to all those expectations of the town, you know, and the scene and all these like weird beliefs of what everybody else thinks you have to be. Right. I'm sure you get it, man. You get it. You're in fish Creek. That is one hell of an awesome park. Dude, and I you love know, most people take their phones when they walk their dogs. And and I'm guilty of that too. Like yeah. I'll be like, anytime I'm doing anything outside now, I need to leave my phone because it's like disrespectful. Like I could, I could crank my head up and I can look at the mountains, I can look at the trees, or I can crank my head down, hurt my neck, hurt my eyes, just to feel feed maybe either feed my ego challenge my ego feed my insecurities like whatever it is usually it's just like quick injections of like you know like little things like it could be um like yeah it's it's just really cheap it's just really cheap satisfaction and i got so much of my validation from going viral in my younger years like when i was 21 we had a video that was the number one viewed video on YouTube for a day and it 600,000 views in a day and, you know, getting all on the news and stuff like that. And as a young kid, um, you know, just living into that, feeding that ego, feeding that ego. I feel so cool. I'm wearing sunglasses inside. <laughs> you no, know, the next video doesn't go there. And then I'm failed. I'm so down on myself. I can't believe that only 500 people watch this video. It's so dead. And and then it's like, wait, but did those 500 people, what did they get from it? What did, what did they get from it? Because if they got a lot from it, then maybe it's more important than the viral video that people just forgot about. Maybe the mm-hmm. one that is 500 had more of a message. And, and I think that to, to nowadays to get to that level, you have to have a real big level of uh, sacrifice to be a huge rapper. You have to have such an image of, you have to have a face tattoo. You have to be like obnoxiously creating drama and you have to be like, there's so many things It's more about image than it is about um, it, than about the music. And I kind of, I just want to be a normal dude. And I, if that means I get less views, then it's okay. Uh, I've come to the conclusion where it's okay. But um, I think that, yeah, people are, people are just trying to keep up, right? Like it's a content world even more. And kids are, kids are getting in the apps and they're getting all of their validation from it. Like it used to just be like, Oh, you don't have the cool clothes. And now it's like, you don't have, 10,000 followers on Instagram, you're not, you're not a cool kid, you know? Yeah. How, how do you see, now you, you mentioned this earlier too, being a father, how, how do you see our next generation growing up with that type of expectation put on them thrust at so young? Like where, where does that stand for you, man? Being a, being a dad? 
I think it's dangerous, but I think that the in the one one thing that's encouraging about it is that at least there's dialogue and there's more talk about mental health with kids. There's more talk about social media and expectations. And, you know, like when we were kids, it was like, oh, all these girls had unrealistic expectations put on them by just magazine covers, just by going. And how often do you see a magazine cover? Maybe once, twice a day, but now it's all over the internet. It's everywhere you turn. There's these unrealistic expectations. So while there is a lot more, at least there's more dialogue. Uh, last year, I went to a uh, a junior high in Calgary and I gave an address on uh, social media and mental health. And I talked about uh, going viral and, and then the, the feeling after when the next video didn't go viral. And I just kind of told them about like, don't get your worth from, don't get your worth from these likes. If you post a picture of your dog, don't take it down because it didn't get any likes. You still like your dog. <laughs> like you still <laughs> You know, and I have to tell myself that too. I don't know what it is about needing this external validation, but I think that, yeah, it is a very dangerous time for, like I have a line about it on a new song. Well, it's a song called Minutes that came out about a year and a half ago where I say, uh, waste time, waste gas, waste paper. Little girls want to wear waste trainers. We're all doomed, but we still hate strangers. 2019, nobody knows our neighbors. So like little girls want to wear waist trainers. Like just the idea of, of that, like. It's crazy. The, the, the visual imagery on that is just, it's so vivid. And like, you just, you're, you're left to like, literally, I'm throwing my arms up. Like what, where the yeah. hell did that come from? And then I think that that's where you just have to, you know, you just have to be a parent and you just have to have those conversations and you just yeah. have to monitor your kids social media like uh, my kid has instagram but i still monitor everyone who follows him and i don't tag him in any of my posts because i don't necessarily want all of my fans following him you know i just want him to have his little grade seven you know <laughs> friend group you know yeah. but I'm, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty involved in that way. And I think that you, I think that you have to be because um, they're being hit by all angles of, you know, this is what you have to be. And then they also are going to school during a pandemic. It's like probably the hardest time to be a kid. Absolutely. It's like, that's what I'm seeing is that, you know, my friends that are, uh, that are parents, they're, they're saying the same thing. It's just, it's so backwards because they're being told one thing here which goes against what they were raised on or maybe doesn't maybe they just don't have any opinion but it's like it's ingraining these like these values in kids the one that i, I i'm most I, i'm not a father but my god i love kids and my biggest fear about this whole thing is that we've now ingrained this idea that it's not okay to be in other people's space like the idea of community is completely warped right we have to when we walk in we have to be at least six feet away so even if and when that ever goes away people are going to be growing up at formative ages that are going to always have that and it's going to be trauma that we're going to have like us in the in the actual mental health space we're going to be like secured income forever but it's like this this kind of like yeah kids from four to 12 are growing up with this thing and they're going to turn into adults thinking that it's not okay to be in 
another person's vicinity and being able to have like the if you've ever done any reading on the five love languages like the the the, the touch like that just doesn't exist i'm really interested to see how that plays out man and any thoughts on that and that's where it's so important as a parent, you like now more than ever have to be more than just a parent. And especially during quarantine, when we were trapped in the house, not only am I a parent, I'm a teacher and I'm a friend and I have to be the friend to pretend that I care about those YouTube videos that you want to show me and care about like, Oh, what's this Minecraft thing? Can you explain that to me? And just like you, and then also the touch and he's 13 and it's kind of this awkward thing where like, he's lanky, he's in this awkward age. And my instinct from male to male is to be kind of closed off awkwardly. And I have to fight past that. And when we're on the couch, put my arm around him, give him a hug, tell him I'm proud of him, do all these things because that there, you're right. There isn't that aspect. And so, um, parents and, and people who are quarantining with kids, there's a bigger expectation on them to like, be the friend, be the, be out, be all of it. Um, but yeah, I think that like the way that we refer to crack babies, there's definitely going to be COVID babies. Like, oh yeah. And 20 years, they're going to be like, instead of saying millennials, they're going to be called COVID babies. Like yeah. people will be like, oh, that person's super weird. Oh, that's a COVID baby. Like, they, <laughs> you know? they didn't. It's not their fault. Yeah. This is, this this is a generational thing. <laughs> yeah. They don't go outside. All right. They're, but, they but mask up. <laughs> there's different. There's different trauma with it. Some people are traumatized by losing family members to it you know what i mean so mm -hmm. some people are like you should why are these people not taking it seriously when my family member you know so yeah yeah anywhere you look anyway the the tricky thing about it is that like any way you look at it like th there's negative things that are going to come out of it and we just have to put in the extra effort to try and build things up that we care about build up people that we care about build up community things that we care about such as ordering from local restaurants and you know little things like that we and i think that people have really taken the taken the responsibility but it's hard that you have you're expected to like be this all-encompassing thing like when you're tired at the end of the day and you just want to go to Walmart. Now you have to go support a local business, but you're exhausted because you're barely making it by during COVID yourself. So yeah, it varies day to day. And I think you just have to like allow yourself to uh, be normal and make mistakes and not always be, but, and, and sometimes like things like screen time with a kid, like for instance, Xbox, like Xbox has been such a powerful thing for Finn because he has his headset and that's his social network. He's got friends on there. So when he's sick of trying to act like his dad is his best friend, he can go talk to another kid and they share, they're both going through COVID. His, his number one friend on Xbox is a fan of mine, a supporter of mine, uh, her, her son. So she lives in Spokane came to a show that I did there a couple years ago, saw that I posted that I got him an Xbox. Hey, my kid has Xbox, but he doesn't have any like real good friends. Could they add each other? 
added each other. Now they're best friends. Now they're like, oh, what's COVID like in Washington? Oh, it's like this. What's COVID like in Calgary? Oh, it's like this. So things like screen time. Yeah. Okay. You need to monitor it for their mental health, for their eyesight, for all those things. But now more than ever, maybe it's a good thing in some respects. Like maybe if they have to stay home, at least they have communication to other kids because otherwise they would be growing up without any of that socialization. Dude, that's, I mean, it's inspiring. And it's pretty consistent with your message since I've known you, dude, is that you, you find the silver lining and uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what, man? Like, like that's, I never considered that. I'm like, shit. Yeah. You're absolutely right, man. Like if we have to do it anyways, let's find the positive in it. You know, it's a door, but it's got a handle and that's what doors do open that door. Right. So dude, I love that. Open up, let's maybe take a break from it. You know what I mean? But like right now it's like, okay, he has to solve a problem and he has to compromise and he has to do all these things by playing games with other kids because, okay, you're playing a game and someone stumbles upon a sword who gets to pick up that sword. That's a conversation that they have. And, you know, like just like playing with Lego and playing with things like that, we can't do that right now, unfortunately. Right. right? And I, well, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where, you you have to give yourself a break in other ways you know but then you can't allow yourself to just like let go of all your habits like when i first started quarantining like my eating just completely fell because yeah. i was just like who cares you know <laughs> you're apathetic and you're just like i'm gonna eat a whole package of oreos today like that, <laughs> oh my that's God. my tuesday you know tuesday oreo day i know it man yeah uh people being a health nerd do you have your dates absolutely man i i just posted to uh because i keep everything through my app for my coaching thing and it's one thing for me being the coach to inspire other people to do their stuff but for me going and giving myself the validation that you don't need that man like you can you can get back into the into the wilderness get out into breathing air get back into your meditation all the things that you were doing to get you to this point that yeah. was like a learning lesson for me because I had to, that was the first time in a long ass time that I had to coach myself. So absolutely. Yeah. Health, man, it's a spectrum. There's not good food or bad food, good drinks, bad drinks. It's a, it's a spectrum. You've got entertainment calories, <laughs> you've got yeah. nutritional calories and you just got to make the, the challenge that I, uh, I, I put out there for, for people listening and for yourself too, is that if you're making the decision, it's fine. If you go through the motion and you're sleepwalking and that habit becomes something you're not even conscious of, that's when it could be an issue. And if you have the wherewithal to actually pick that up, then cool. You're an adult. You're a grown ass adult, dude. You can make a decision to eat a pack of Oreos as long as you know you're eating a whole pack of Oreos. Right. Right. So it's it's the people that run into the whole pack of Oreo every Tuesday don't even realize it in the scenario. Or every day. And that's the thing about drinking where and especially in our industry in music, if you're on tour, especially or if you're in the studio, especially where it is every night for a month. And that's where my alcoholism really planted was. I'd be on tour and I'd be, I'd start off by drinking 30 drinks a night on tour for two weeks, but then I'd come home 
and I'm depressed that tour's over and I still have this, okay, well, there's a hockey game on tonight. So I'm going to try and find that excitement in, in uh, gambling on the game and drinking. And I'm going to try and recreate that feeling of being on stage because normal life is too mundane. And it's so crazy that you can get into this cycle. I was in it for 10 years, probably like more like five, 30 drinks a night, just because it was a security blanket. It was a, I can't make it through the day without this, you know, like I, I would think I'd wake up in the morning and I'd think about what alcohol I had or what alcohol I needed to get in order to be able to go to work, to go do these things, because I knew that it was waiting for me at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And then the way that I got out of that is a friend dared me to do sober October. And he said, if you can get through the month, then I'll fly thin here. And, you know, like I made it through the month. I, I had crazy withdrawals. I'm still going through some crazy body withdrawals, but um, I would sweat and, and have these crazy withdrawals and I challenged myself to make it through. It first started off as I would do one day a week. I would do water Wednesday where one day a week I would challenge myself to exercise, drink water, make it through my shakes. And then when I made it through the next day, I'd have a bad sleep, toss and turn sweat. When I'd make it through the next day, I'd be like, huh, I did that. I, I could do that because for some reason, this thing told me that I needed it and that I couldn't do it without it. So it was just an exercise of being like, wow, okay, I did that. And it was only one day a week and it was only one day a week for like three months. That's how, and then after that, okay, wean off 30 drinks, 29 drinks, 28, literally I did it like that. Wow. And then once I got, once I got out of it, I was free from it and I could think about it. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm the guy who can be a casual drinker. So then I, I went back and then I started noticing that I was getting into the scene. I did it. I went, okay, we're going for lunch. Let's go buy a bottle of wine on the way to dinner. Um, but then I'm buying little airplane shots to secretly take again and doing all these things that I, so then I had to get real with myself. And I was like, no, like you're happier without this. You're better without this. It's, it's so crazy how you're, id can just overtake you and and can just be at, at control of you and it's a lie honestly it's yeah. a lie yeah. for people with depression people with anxiety it's really easy to to lean on that lie because it's a lot harder to wake up every day and take it to the face and get hit in the face with life it's a lot harder i fast forwarded five years like i it's it's pretty much just like autopiloting it like i don't want to experience this i just want to fast forward it um so i'm happier than i've, I've ever been uh but like it's it's the same patterns that now now that i don't drink it's, it's like okay well I, now i don't have all those calories maybe i can eat this much candy and so for me, it was when I was in my most uh, vulnerable stage of getting off of alcohol, I was like, okay, it's okay to, to, to do eat candy to help you like, you know, distract you from it. And then that became its own thing. And now I'm in that, you know what I mean? Like I never thought I do. I'd I, do. I never used to eat sweets because I was drinking so much. I couldn't afford the calories. So 
I'd rather have an alcoholic dessert than a cupcake. But now it's like, oh, well, my Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I, I went through the same thing in the fall. It's the same damn crutch. It's just yeah. different poison, man. It's, it's like pick your poison. It's either booze, which is arguably worse. But the candy is like the only thing worse than a sugar addiction is alcoholism, honestly. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things that you, you kind of jump to harm reduction. Like if it's easier to go from cigarettes to a vape to nothing. And I think that as humans, it's okay to allow ourselves to have these little things because it, 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 it encouraged me. It was like an encouragement thing where it was like, look what you get to enjoy because you're not having alcohol. And I needed all of the tricks that I could get because I was so messed up in this state. Like I was, I tried everything, you know, I'd gone to AA, I dumped out the bottles, I'd done all that stuff and it wasn't working. And then when I did the sober October thing, I was having such a hard time. I was like, okay, let's distract ourselves. But then now just the same way that I had to look back on when I started repeating my drinking things and I had to dead it for good. It, now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, you're good now. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, not addicted yeah. to alcohol anymore, but now you're addicted to sugar. So now <laughs> you gotta, you know, you gotta find a way to to get out of that. But it's yeah. crazy because with things like sugar, like they're so encouraged in our society and even alcohol is so encouraged in yeah. our society and all the advertising and stuff that you're just bombarded with. It's honestly, it's just kind of hard to, to turn that switch off. Yeah. You're still kind of the weirdo. If you, if you show up to uh to a party and you don't have a drink or something, if you, Oh, you got a drink in your hand. I'm like, no, I got water. I'm good. Oh, what? Oh, I'm Dude, like especially with me because oh, yeah, I was known as the guy who like, like when I showed up to OCL to record my album, uh, I showed up with like four of the Costco size uh, bottles of vodka and like 150 like lucky beers, like just like crazy. That's how that's wow. how I was known. You know what I mean? Like, and so sometimes I'll meet up with friends I haven't seen in a couple of years, and people are like, "Let me buy you a drink." Let me buy. And and for me, I don't want to be uh, alienating. I like to still like we did uh, every week at Broken City when I was sober, and uh, I don't. I'm still the guy who like want. I still want to do things like get people drinking and still be the life of the party because I'm an MC and that's what I want to be about. Um, I don't want to be the buzzkill. Uh, but sometimes people will like take that as like, let me buy you a shot. Let me buy you a shot. And I, I, I try and not make it awkward. I go, no, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then they go, sometimes people will just come up with one and then I'll be like, I'm in recovery. Like I'm, thank you. Like I'm two years sober, but I won't drop that initially because I'm not trying to like, I hated that guy. Like at the beginning, I'm, mm -hmm. I want to be around it still. And I still want, I don't want to be preachy, but by sharing my story, I've had like the same way that I would encourage everyone to drink. And I was the life of the party. A lot of those same friends and fans have reached out on the other end. And like, I have like maybe 10 to 15 fans right now in my couch money family that I'm keeping tabs with. I challenge them to do water Wednesday and things like that. I still tell them like, yo, you need to like seek the help of a doctor because 
I'm not going to have anyone's like crazy withdrawals on my hands. Like it's dangerous to get off of alcohol. And I didn't really do a very good job of it in hindsight because I'm still experiencing some of the, but for me, I had to just fucking go cold Turkey. I just had to like, I just had, well, I weaned off, but I had to just fight through it. I couldn't, I couldn't go to rehab. I couldn't afford to do all these crazy medical things with it. I just had to sweat on the sheets and wake up, wash them and do it all again. Well, and now you're able to, you're in a place where you can show people, Hey, I did it the hard way. Like, let's get you the the real way of, of getting yourself cleaned up. And that's that again, inspiring message, right? So anybody listening on that, I mean, it is, I can, I can tell you there, I, I, I can tell you from experience myself, Dan's got the same story. It's just, Sounds a, a little bit harder than mine. <laughs> it sounds like, man, you came up, man. That's uh, that's awesome. That's inspiring. Yeah. I was never the guy who was like uh, too, like I was never the guy picking fights or I was so functional. Like mm. you knew me that whole time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I, I would have never known that, man. I would have never known you that. never would have pegged me as like a 30 drinks on a Tuesday. Not ever. No. And I would, and I would perform like that too and i would record like that too and for me i like when i break free of that and you're like did you really pay 700 dollars a day for studio time to record drunk like what's wrong with you like you're literally recording your voice it's meant to be smooth it's meant these forty thousand dollar microphones at ocl are picking up every little new like thing in your voice and you're drinking before like and it's just wild when i didn't have control i didn't have control of it but that's where now like i'm headed to the studio in an hour the stuff that i'm writing like i i have a line where it's like um i used to only write from the state of drunk mind now i'm clear as day with shit to say and so i must climb like i i have these things that are in my head that this different perspective that i could never write before because whenever i would write it was, it wasn't me, it was the addiction writing. And so a lot of my lyrics were about, um, it, it was ego, it was insecurity, it was depression. And, and that's great because it's really relatable music because of that. But um, I wasn't able to step outside of myself and think about society and think about uh, talking about things on greater scale. It was always very surface value emotion. It was always very sad and 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 very relatable but it was always like just poor me and depression kind of stuff and now i'm able to i'm able to get out of that so i'm really excited to and that's where i feel like i have to make more music because there's so much out there that i don't agree with anymore like so many i have like an entire discography my first my first few albums, I was a Christian. I no longer believe in that anymore. So then I listen back on that and I'm like, I don't relate to this. And then my next albums after that, I was a, a married alcoholic, a divorced alcoholic. I don't relate with any of that. So it's like, I got to finish the story. I got to, I got to finish the story. And even though some people are going to turn off because it's too positive now, and, and there's, you know, I'm talking about things that I wouldn't have listened to when I was in that state. So uh, I'm going to lose some fans, but I think it's important for me to just like finish my story because I cringe at some of the shit that's out there. Like some of the, 
some of the lyrics that I have to live with forever. And it's cool. Like, great. Awesome. Some people really love them and they tattoo them on them and they really relate to them, but it's kind of hard sometimes to like, listen back and be like, I do not feel like that anymore. Oh, dude, man, you're the epitome of real. That's for sure, man. You got so many different, so many different coats. It's, it's cool to watch the whole thing. Cause I've, I've been a part of the, the journey the whole time from, from day one. So it's really, really cool from a fan perspective where you're not afraid. Um, yeah, it can feel, but you're, you're, you're willing enough to get, uh, the humility out there and be like, yeah, that was me. And this is my, and, and it's the artist that can really transform and, and relate and stay real because you're not going to stay the same person. Like how many of us here, uh, listening to the show have, have changed since the time that they were 21 or since the time that they were three or since the time that there were, how many of us have changed? So is it real to expect an artist to stay the same from day one in their career to day? No, if you're going to be real, I want to see the whole thing. And I think that's, that's outstanding, man. I think that, that, that more artists gotta be doing that. Um, I'm really, really like, that's dude, virtual high five. (laughs) Like you said, you've been around for it. And I think that that's what's cool is that a lot of people have seen, like I've lost a lot of fans, you know, like you put the viral fans, they don't stick with you. They don't. They're looking for the next fix, man. Exactly. So um, the people who have stuck with me through it, it's an even bigger friendship it's an even bigger relationship where and that's why doing things like the tie-dye the personal touch of me like I don't have a merch distributor uh, who sends it from a warehouse I send it from my bedroom because that's the relationship that I've built with my fans is that like you know I got you with this music and you got me with supporting it and people don't buy music anymore so like would you buy a sweater so thank you for yeah, I know man. you picked up one of the tie-dye sweaters so Dude, thanks I'm so stoked well thanks also Ryan our dog he was uh he was distraught with the news of MF Doom um oh. and uh and so I was just like that I was, was, sitting there. Day, it? was a super sad day it was like I was I was like oh and What's amazing is that that whole story was kept under covers for two months. Like what? I'm sitting there yeah, going. But here's, here's what I wonder, and I haven't said this anywhere. I didn't post about it. <laughs> MF Doom is such a character where he like he used to have people impersonate him, and and they would show up instead of him. And he has such a like vast background on his character. And the day that they said that he died was uh, Halloween. And then the day that they announced it was New Year's Eve. And so for me, knowing Doom and his like themes of things, it's like he just was such an artistic mind that he probably was like, if I die, tell him that I tell him that I died on Halloween. Like, can't you can you picture Absolutely. Doom rapping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, one hundred percent. I died on Halloween. <laughs> but he was also so terrified of the spotlight. He hated the big business. He was very much like in our conversation how much the corporate is just really sucking people out. He was big on that. I've got a great podcast uh, that dives deep into all that. I'll, I'll send that over to you. Put it in the show notes here too if you want to learn more about the whole background of MF Doom and how like his own team didn't even know his whole label thought he was writing an album they thought he was writing an album it was news to them that's how like secluded and Mm. how much he hated the spotlight so i wouldn't be i wouldn't at all be surprised if this was just his escape to an island to get right out like completely out of the game all right maybe i don't know and that might come to surface who knows but 
it, it's just it's it's bizarre man that was a and i think bad. with some people like i think with some people it's uh it's almost offensive to speculate with that but with him he would appreciate people speculating if he's alive on an island somewhere like that's with an artist of that level where they're just like their whole being is creative that's what you want to leave the world with is this mystery this character this persona to go along with your music you know like it's good that they didn't post a maskless photo of him dead you know what i mean they they post his whole anonymity like you can trace it back you could find out who he is you could see photos of him without the mask but they did such a good job of like keeping that character alive that i think is really cool that now there's this added element of these dates and and not being like it just he just died in in his perfect fashion you know totally. yeah so we're gonna go at least go on brand exactly on his call too that was <laughs> that was great yeah <laughs> dude this has been a this has been an absolute treat i've had such a good time uh to to reconnect and chat with you dude i think we should get out to uh out to canmore and do a little hike or a little trail or something like that that'd be a lot of fun yeah we'll that'd be super fun leave the phones super- yeah leave the phones bring the dog you know um get out there and and just uh go go well um it's been really really good to catch up for those of uh the listeners that are excited this has been such a like a captivating story i'm sure we've got a bunch of people that want to learn more lean in on the uh on the family uh where is the best place to uh to get uh the the email it's a monthly email yeah so uh they could just dm me on instagram transit 22 um and i'll send them the link to sign up it's a weekly i try and make it yeah yeah. okay i try and make a weekly uh video that i don't post anywhere else uh where you know like today uh, for instance is going to be working on a new song so people get to hear the process of it before it gets posted publicly and then when it when the song comes out i post it publicly but the making of and kind of like that kind of stuff uh is through the email list and then I have a bunch of old music, like we we're talking about uh, those old feelings and stuff like that. My my latest album that came out is called Dark Day Good Morning. You can find it on Spotify, and I still love I still love all of those songs, even though I talk about like not relating to some of it anymore. Um, there's still a lot of good music out there that I really stand behind that people can check out um, on YouTube and stuff. It's just Transit 22, and yeah, hopefully we can be doing shows again soon uh and if not i'm going to be doing probably some cool virtual shows uh in the next year and different ways of connecting with people online through that way so i'm trying to figure out like how i can do a virtual show and have like a merch table aspect to it where maybe i do almost like a i get a bunch of people in the chat and then maybe i do like a live auction or something like Uh, that i'm trying to to figure out because i have so much merch that i'm like if i could just have this at a table and people walk by it'd be a lot easier to we need so, the, the virtual walk by oh man we, we should connect well uh i've got some ideas with that kind of stuff i've worked with uh, some artists in australia on that similar kind of yeah. aspect yeah so it's it's all dude you got this you're like the innovator <laughs> come on man you got this like you got this this is easy yeah but now i just got to convince myself that you know now i just got to convince myself okay time to time to implement it you know what I mean? <laughs> that's the some hardest part are, right days are easier than others but yeah. yeah thank you for having me this is really fun 
was wicked. Awesome, dude. Well, if you guys, uh, what's the best, uh, what's the website? You got a website? You got, where's the best place to find you? Where, where yeah, can they find you? Trend 22. Okay. Anything. Just trend, Google Trend 22. Got it. Perfect, my dude. Well, thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll hook up. We'll get out to, uh, to a hike sometime soon here. And uh, until then, my man, you stay sweet, okay? Yeah, you too, man. Thank you so right. much. Peace. Peace. All right, guys, you heard it here first. Go Google him. <laughs> transit 22 please go show some love find them connect and uh, definitely register up get on the e-news i know i just got uh i got a notification his uh his weekly notification this week was uh based around him blowing up on tiktok which was super cool one of the creators uh got some merch and uh, i guess one of the videos went viral so super cool you can be on the inside with that Speaking of being on the inside, we've got here at the Music Fit Collective, we've got some cool stuff coming up for February. We've got the Music Fit Method Level 1 Movement Coach, which is great for any artists, any tour managers, any industry, especially educators, for getting yourself sorted out with uh, the proper movement that you need to be able to be the very best, both on and off stage. So we go through how to prepare, how to recover and build resiliency, and then how to optimize your performance all in a six-week program hosted by yours truly right here. It is also an accredited certification. So for you educators, you want to add a little more income to your teaching? Well, this is one heck of a way to do it. Plus, you're also spreading the love of health and wellness so that all these beautiful next generation musicians can live well and continue to share their gift with the world. Boom. Okay. Head to musicfitcollective.com for more information and also to uh, just click the, uh, the old button, become a movement coach. All right. Reach out. If you have any other questions, I'll be happy to help you out. That is it for this week. Hope you guys have a good one. And until next time, Y'all stay sweet. Peace.